We're back for another week, another year. I guess this is our first of 2022. It is a DC sports huddle. We thank uh, MGM National Harbor so much presenting this to you. It's time to change the game and bet MGM sports. It's Dave Johnson, Rob Woodfork, Dave Preston, George Wallace, or as we like to call ourselves, the familiar suspects. All right, here we go. February 2nd, about a month from now, less from now, we find out on the today's show. Is that Katie and Brian still? I haven't watched it. No, anyway, it's a great, great show. I'm just busy in the mornings. I'm busy. That was not a shot. I'm busy. Uh, we hear Brigade, Armada, Commanders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Admirals, Defenders, an unofficial official finalist list. We know, we only we know it won't be Red Wolves or Wolves. There is a third division soccer team. I bet you nobody knew this. The Chattanooga Red Wolves play in USL League One. So maybe that's why we won't have the Washington Red Wolves. Dave Preston, go. Do you like any of these choices, or do you have a suggestion? Go. He knew where I'm to take a page from uh, one of our colleagues and one of uh, your colleagues from Channel 4, Mr. Pat Collins. The Washington football team, look what you've done. See what you've done. Sewage at the stadium. Failing railings where fans are falling over. Old peanuts. Before you change your name, you better start thinking about changing your ways. Um, I actually uh, like uh, I, I thought regiment was a nice one. That's not on the short list. I don't think any of the names are going to, I think every name, if you choose any of the names, no one's going to be happy. It's going to be much like when the wizards changed from the bullets and people were upset for a while, they've now accepted it. But uh, I think that I perhaps the, the defenders or something along those lines, I, none of the names jump out at me. Uh, Red Tails, I thought was interesting, uh, you know, as a uh, hat tip to the uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Um, and the, the, somebody said that the color scheme of the Washington uniforms that were unveiled on Twitter are similar to what was on those airplanes during World War II. I wouldn't mind that, especially given the franchise's really, you know, subpar history over its first, what, what, you know, what do you want to say, uh, first... 70 first 75 years of existence and especially they were the last team to integrate so the first 30 years of this franchise you know really really bad history in in a city known as the chocolate city where you know there's a a, a large african-american population i think that would be a nice gesture and i could root for the red tails that that's probably my choice but before they change their name they got to change their ways all right, bottom line, you don't like any of the final choices. No. <laughs> That's a 10 second answer. George Wallace, quickly, you're you like anything here. All right, here I'll go. You know what I'm gonna go with? I like if we're gonna go if those are the finalists, because here's what I think it's gonna be commanders anyway. But if I am I'm going to do anything on that list, I kind of like the hogs. I'm leaning towards the hogs. They're announcing it on Groundhog Day. You got a link to the past. If Joe Gibbs has anything to do with it. Red hogs, hogs, you know, whatever. You can't shorten any of the other ones. You just can't okay. do it. I'm just done with the whole thing. Let's just get it over with. But if you're asking me to pick from that list, I'm going hogs. All right, Rob. Well, I don't want to pick from the list. I'm still hanging you on. You have to. Dave federals. says you have to. I'm still Dave's hanging on to my federals. But the admirals kind of grew on me as the more I talked about admirals because <clears throat> there was uh, sort of some online connecting of dots that uh, the, the uh, WashingtonAdmirals.com was uh, rerouting to uh, or redirecting to the uh, Washington football team's website. So if that was them sort of tipping their hand, I could get used to Washington Admirals. But 
anything else, and just like Dave said, anything else on that list, it's going to get a Wizards-like response. And, uh, you know, you, you just don't want to come off sounding like you're a third-rate organization, even though they have, you know, when railings are collapsing on the opposing quarterback, you are looking like a third-rate organization, but you don't want to have the name to match. So I would say, look, if they go with Admirals, I wouldn't be mad at that, but I'm still hanging on to hope with Federals. But. Okay, but here quickly, and there's a lesson getting back to what Dave Preston said. I emceed the unveiling of the Washington Wizards yeah. at Union Station. It was a first-class affair. We're coming off a playoff season when Michael Jordan anointed the then Bullets, soon-to-be Wizards, the team of the future. It was received with a very positive response because the team was winning and on the upswing. So that make uh, all these names or any name to Dave Preston's point will be more palatable based on the results. I I think at this point, the way things have been going for this franchise with sewage and railings and everything else we just talked about, no matter what is unveiled, uh, there's going to be snickers and and sneers. Uh, And it's not easy to name a team in Washington. Keep in mind, one of the choices for the Wizards, runners up with Sea Wolves, and I've never seen a Sea Wolf in the Potomac River. Sea Dogs. I'm still Sea Dogs. I'm still right, right, well, at that. What is right, well, only the Sea Dogs? No, no, anyway, but to the point, Federals was a great name. Sadly, uh, you don't want their history of success. I think they won three games in two years of the U.S. Uh, FL. But uh, it, it's a strange list to me because defenders we just had with the XFL, which was a great name. And uh, people had fun for the two home games they played. And then sadly, we were shut down by uh, the pandemic. As somebody who's lived a lot of my time in Annapolis, I don't want admirals because to me, admirals speaks, you know, a Navy town. So it's, it's, it's a hard one. Uh, I think I would go with commanders if, if I was pushed into a corner, although that still bothers me because I was at the debut of the Washington commandos arena football league game in 1987, when it was still an experiment from Jim Foster, a former Maytag chairman who designed arena football on a cocktail napkin. All right. Can we throw, so, can we throw a right in? How about the uh, Washington beer snakes? Because that was the best thing about the XFL. Also which, the Washington not sewage, because yeah. you know, it, it, that it wasn't sewage from the sprinkler in that Monday night game. And the, not the, admirals, the admirals, which I didn't even know until yesterday, it's a major league Quidditch team apparently in DC, right? right. Right. Is that right? Yeah. You got that going, yeah. And by the way, my theory on that is that they purposely had Washington Admirals redirect yeah. the Washington football team. I think to so. get people thinking, aha, we got you. Either that or so someone's going to get fired quickly. Well, that's a, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I would I mean, I would think the Steelers or somebody would be smart enough to try and send up smoke screens. But do we really think Washington is that forward thinking? Mm, I don't think so. And Steelers, by the way, the only uh, uh, Team name that's a uh, also a corporate logo, U.S. that is U.S. Steel's yeah. logo. So uh, with that, I think we should close the huddle because that's the only thing you're going to learn today. All right, let's <laughs> let's go on. I mean, the final game this week, Taylor Honey is going to start. Um, I, I keep hearing this phrase with NBA players about fit and opportunity. It, it can apply to any sport. So clearly, Rod Rivera is looking for players for the fit and opportunity. And to Rob Woodfork's point, I'll start with you. You wrote that column that look. Uh, first two years in Carolina is mirroring his experience here to some degree record-wise. You hope the third year uh, is the same when he had a 12-4 and record with the Carolina Panthers. Can that be? 
Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, that's what I broke down in the column. There's two notable examples uh, in recent years of that big jump in year three, and it was Ron Rivera's Panthers. He went thir- he went 13 and 19 his first 32 games here. That's the exact same record he had in Carolina his first two seasons there. Year three, as you said, 12 and four, they're in the NFC Championship game. Another example is the San Francisco 49ers under uh, Kyle Shanahan. Those first two seasons were just awful. They win six games. I think it was actually four games the first year. Uh, uh, No, six games the first year. Then the second year, they dropped back to four games because of injuries and a lot of, you know, issues with the quarterback. Sound familiar? And then they end up in year three going to the Super Bowl and they were up 10 points in the fourth quarter until, uh, you know, until Mahomes happened. So am I saying that Washington is going to be in the Super Bowl next year? No. But what I'm saying is there is precedence for there to be a big sizable jump in year three, even if year two sort of, you know, is a step back from what they did in the first season so I, I i look and we we know at this point everything that happened to them with the COVID outbreak and you know all of that but you know i i gave the caveat in the column you got to do something you got to swing for the fences for a quarterback this is the year to do it because if you go into 2022 with heineke under center and then go six and 11 or whatever next year there's not going to be an opportunity for you to use the draft picks that you would send to Houston for uh, Deshaun Watson, for example. And I'm not necessarily, I mean, he's just an example that I used, but there are other options available. You've got to explore it. You've got to swing for the fences. Otherwise it's going to be lather, rinse, repeat. And then we're going to be looking for another coach in 2023. Quick history lesson. If, if Dan Snyder owned the team the first time Joe Gibbs was coach and there was sports talk radio, we never would have had the Joe Gibbs experience in Washington. That's a quick history lesson. Joe Gibbs, this guy can't coach. This guy can't coach. He's out of here. Jack Kent Cook had the patience, stayed with him, and look what happened. But to be I'm fair, not they saying were in the Super Bowl in year two, though. So, I, I mean, mean, you know, give it, they were in the Super Bowl in year two. Uh, so I think well, he was, Snyder he, would have given him a second year. But if this was a situation like um, – Cower in Pittsburgh, it, it took him 15 years to get that Super Bowl. Right. He no, would no. have been gone uh, right. at night or anybody else for that matter was the owner. Okay. Let's go to Dave Preston quickly. Well, I think when you look and we talk about Joe Gibbs and what I think the biggest difference between, you know, Joe Gibbs and in 81 was that he was coming into what was a, still a fairly decent culture. The one that uh, hall of famer, George Allen, established from 1971 to 77 the 79 team under jack party was within a whisper of getting home field advantage the culture that uh ron rivera inherited was you know several rungs down and i think he you need three years just to cleanse it's 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 like a coffee mug that hasn't been washed in six months not that i've ever done that you need you need to throw it in the washer two or three times before it gets to be good again. But to Rob's point, they do need a quarterback. Uh, they do they need to make a big move for a quarterback because right now their roster is such that next year and the year after you're going to be seeing guys that they're going to lose some guys. Matt Ioannidis is probably going to head elsewhere because he's too expensive for his role. You're going to see a lot of the pieces on that great defensive line that they put together. They won't be able to stay. 
You need an offensive weapon because Curtis Samuel, I, I'm not going to think that he's going to be healthy next season. You need another receiver. You also need a quarterback here for this team to have any hope whatsoever of getting to 8-7-2 and two next season. You'll have to throw in those ties. Of course, another history lesson. It is a, a different NFL. Uh, back in the day, Joe Gibbs could say to Jack and Kirk, I want Wilbur Marshall. He'd buy him, and, and it was that that simple. We, we, it's a much, much different world. George Wallace, uh, after two years, where are we going? Yeah, you know, and here's the other thing about the quarterback situation. So next year, if you don't draft somebody next year, you have to start that clock because then all of a sudden you're going to go whatever you're going to go, five, six wins. Then you're going to get fired. Another coach going to come in, and he's not going to like the quarterback you drafted. We just saw that. We had the Dwayne Haskins situation. We had Robert Griffin III from before. So that's the whole cycle you're getting involved in there. If you keep pushing this quarterback thing down the, down the road, you need to go all in because you need to start that clock now. you got to have a veteran next year at some point on the roster too, but you need to go and get that quarterback. You can't talk about it anymore. It's obvious that is the big glaring thing that is missing here. I mean, okay, God bless Taylor Haneke. He's done it. Nobody thought he could get this far. He just can't do it. He doesn't have the arm. We saw it twice yet the other day in the game. Try to throw the ball away to the stands. He ends up stays. It stays in the field of play and gets picked off. I mean, he just can't do it. And that's you know. So now you have to find that piece because, to Dave's point, you got the the the, the Deron Paynes of the world. Those guys that are going to be coming up. Terry McLaurin. You got to convince this guy to somehow stay, and you got to sign him. Brandon Sheriff's going to be out of here. So you have those sort of pieces that you're going to have to fill. But your first and foremost priority is a quarterback. You can't talk about it anymore. You have to go and do it because, look, the injuries and the COVID situation, that's fine. Everybody's dealing with it. So that is the responsibility then of your front office, whether that's Ron Rivera, Martin Mayhew, Marty Herney. You need to have the depth, too. You You have some money to play with. You have to go stockpile these positions and the depth and then get the quarterback first and foremost. Well, we're right back having this conversation again. (laughs) <laughs> and, uh, and also George touched on the point that I made in the column and that is Terry McLaurin is a free agent at the, uh, uh, after the 2022 season, he is your most important player. He is your 100%. best player. He is your most likable player. He is for all intents and purposes, the face of your franchise. You have to get a quarterback to pair him with in order to keep him here long-term. If I'm a receiver and I, and I have four different guys throwing me the ball every year, I'm going to go to Green Bay where I know Aaron Rodgers is, or at least in years past, uh, or I'm going somewhere where the quarterback position is stable, or at least they think it's stable. I, you don't have a reason to sell him on staying here to this point. So if you, and I keep using yeah. this as an example, because he is a young quarterback who is actually a day apart from uh, McLaurin, uh, ironically, uh, Deshaun Watson, if you make that trade, what other a statement can you make to sell him on the fact that, Hey, we're serious about making you productive and us winning. We went out and got this guy. So even if it doesn't work out, even if it backfires, at least you swung for the fences and you did the thing that made the most sense at the time. You also need to get him a receiver. You need, he needs uh, McLaurin needs another receiver because otherwise it's going to be just like this year where he was the only threat if you look at his numbers i don't have them in front of me but post bye week his numbers were were just he wasn't able to get downfield he wasn't able to get as many targets 
And it was a byproduct of the fact that there's no, there are no other weapons on this team to stretch the second year. I mean, he was completely shut out in that first Dallas game, and Diggs ain't that good. I know he's got a lot of interceptions, but he gives up as many plays as he makes. I'll go with the glass half full. I think Ron Rivera's done it before. Uh, we, we don't need an experimental coach like a Zorn or a Gruden to, to see if they can become a head coach. I think it has been both years extenuating circumstances for him to, to start to, to build a program. I think he does know what he's doing. So I, I think uh, at that point, that's the one rock of stability that, that we have. And Ron Rivera is the head coach. And let's see what Martin Mayhew can do. He's not been here that long. He's not been here the full two years. And I think we uh, have to show some, some faith in him. That's going to do it for this week's DC Sports Huddle. As always, we appreciate the time. For Bob Woodfork, Dave Preston, George Wallace, I'm Dave Johnson. This has been the DC Sports Huddle, and it's sponsored by MGM National Harbor. It's time to change the game at Bet MGM Sports. Great. Great.